words on water. Welcome to Words on Water, a podcast from the Water Environment Federation. This is the host, Travis Loop. Stormwater is a topic that is always on the forefront for our sector. I'm excited for this episode to talk to Mark Donay. He is administrator of the Capital Region Watershed District uh, up around St. Paul, Minnesota. They were the Phase 2 MS4 award winners uh, from WEF Stormwater Awards last year. Mark, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you, Travis. It's great to be here. Yeah, we are, uh, it's, you know, open season again on MS4 awards for the Water Environment Federation. And so we wanted to uh, catch up with a couple of our winners from last year and hope to inspire more uh, applications and nominations for the year ahead. Um, could you talk a little bit about your your area that you serve and just kind of what the situation is like with stormwater, you know, your geography, your hydrology and the, the challenges you have? Certainly. So Capital Region Watershed District is a special purpose unit of local government. We're one of 45 watershed districts in the state of Minnesota that is charged with managing water on a watershed basis. So our boundaries are based on the surface hydrology, not political boundaries. Our district serves parts of five cities, including the city of St. Paul and its downtown. So our watershed's about 40 square miles and is fully urbanized or built out. Um, we are uh, a very dense, densely uh, populated area. One out of 20 Minnesotans living with lives within our district. Um, another major challenge is being part of a very urbanized watershed is uh, we are about 42% impervious cover and that's the, the hard surfaces of you know, roofs, roads, parking lots, sidewalks, driveways, and so on that that accelerate increased runoff and also uh, prohibit the natural infiltration of rainfall. So as you mentioned, we are a non-traditional phase two MS4. And what makes us an MS4 is that we own, operate, and maintain a six mile uh, trunk sewer system called the Trout Brook Storm Sewer interceptor and we're very honored to receive the water environment federation's 2020 outstanding phase two ms4 award uh, over 40 percent impervious cover that is a challenge for sure um how have you all approached stormwater management then that's that's a broad question but what's kind of your your philosophy what are your areas of emphasis so Travis, big picture, we utilize a collaborative, integrated watershed management approach to tackle polluted runoff from a multitude of sources and different land uses. We seek out partnerships with our, our government partners, the business community and residents. We work to retrofit that built landscape with green infrastructure practices. Uh, one of the ways that we do that is uh, through our regulatory program. We have one of the most a robust stormwater regulatory programs in the country. We target redevelopment projects that disturb more than one acre, and we require volume control for 
inches of rainfall. Since 2006, we've issued nearly 500 permits, treating about 2,500 acres, uh, utilizing around 600 of these best management practices. For about 20 years now, we've offered a grant program to watershed residents, businesses, and schools to implement water quality improvement projects. And we can't regulate everything, so we want to provide incentives to those other groups. We have nearly 1,700 best management practices that have been built that treats over 1,000 acres of, of surface area. We also have a, a very well-established monitoring program. You know, you can't, uh, can't measure what you don't monitor. And so we not only do baseline uh, stormwater, lake water quality monitoring in a number of our sub-watersheds, we also do uh, efficacy monitoring on our best management practices. Make sure those practices are performing uh, the way they were designed and intended to. Uh, we also have a comprehensive water quality database that's accessible uh, through our online portal. So making that, that data very available and transparent to our partners and the public. Mm. You know, I know that you're very involved in the broader water sector, and I was just curious about, um, you know, how much you, you all look around at what's happening in other places of the country, things that others are trying and, and, and kind of incorporating what you can there. Yeah, so it's, it's one of the reasons I'm part of the Water Environment Federation, Travis, is to really understand what is the state of the art uh, across the nation for stormwater management. And, you know, we believe we have a very uh, progressive program but I think in terms of uh, what we've seen in some of the, the, the larger East Coast cities dealing with consent decrees and how they're uh, greening acres like the city of Philadelphia is doing, mm -hmm. I think that's uh, a very progressive approach. Also, there is a large swath of different asset management systems. Uh, we have one of our own, but I think that's a very evolving uh, trend that we're watching to make sure that we're not just collecting data, but it's forward looking for, for maintenance and operational issues. I think the third thing I would note is technology. Again, an area that we, we think we're a leader in, but there are other areas that are also using technology like adaptive control systems for stormwater management infrastructure. You all, like I mentioned, uh, you know, won our Phase Two MS4 award last year. What are some of the the most notable projects of of late um, that you know you think were part of you receiving that recognition? Well, Travis, I've, I've got to talk about our new office building. And uh -huh. December of 2018, we moved into our new office facility. It was uh, refurbished an existing building on a brownfield site. And this rehabilitated site uses green building principles, including a number of stormwater best management practices, energy efficiency measures, so we can conserve not only water, but energy and create a healthy workplace. Uh, one of the uh, keystone practices on our site is a 3000 gallon rainwater reuse system. And that is estimated to provide about 75% of all our water needs in our building on a yearly basis. We use that rainwater for flushing toilets, uh, washing equipment, 
in irrigating uh, if we need to outside. We also have some more traditional uh, bioretention systems, uh, permeable pavers. We do have a large underground infiltration system. Uh, and we have tree trenches as well that not only take runoff from our property, but collect runoff from the streets on the sides of our, our building. So our new office also serves as a community watershed learning center. It's one of the big reasons we wanted our own facility. We have um, offerings in art and educational opportunities that showcase our work, demonstrate our activities that protect and improve our water resources. Yeah. As part of our uh, learning center, we have a pocket park that includes an interactive exhibit and it's used to treat rainwater and also educate our visitors about urban watersheds. Well, that's uh, it must feel great coming to a building that is, um, you know, walking the talk that you all uh, have on, on stormwater. That's that's really cool. And that's amazing how much water you get back from that system and are able to use. Um, so looking ahead here, where are things headed for you? What is on your plate in the immediate future? What's what's your approach going forward? Well, we just completed our 10-year watershed management plan, and there are a number of initiatives and themes that came out of that plan I want to share with you, Travis. Uh, you know, I mentioned the district's a very highly urbanized landscape. So our, our theme of bring water back is very important to us. Uh, we have few water bodies left in our community, uh, and that limits the community's connection to water. So we, we seek to reconnect our community to its water resources, including the Mississippi River, through physically restoring some of these resources, as well as communication and engagement to bring water back in the consciousness of our community. Uh, a big topic in our new plan is infrastructure management and maintenance. Uh, the stormwater sector is, you know, in terms of other utilities is relatively new, and we've done a great job of getting a lot of projects on the landscape. And now a number of those practices are reaching the, you know, the end of their useful life. And so managing and maintaining these systems in the long term is going to be critical, especially the public owned facilities um, that include individual shared or regional systems. We also want to support our partners in the maintenance of these facilities, and we want to work to implement a cooperative stormwater infrastructure maintenance program with them. So another thing that is more of a theme that we are seeing is treating rain as a resource. Mm. Um, so often rain is uh, treated as a waste product almost that has to be drained away, put in a pipe and out of sight, out of mind. And with our large areas of impervious surface uh, that occupy our landscape, they contribute to excess runoff. And so we need to change the mindset to maximize that natural water retention, storage and infiltration capacity. Uh, you know, we wanna really work to keep the rain on the landscape where it lands. It reduces runoff, it reduces that negative impact and downstream flooding and poor water quality, as well as work to recharge the groundwater aquifer. Mm. Uh, you guys have a lot going on. That's clearly why you're among the leaders in stormwater uh, and, I can say that WEF 
uh, WEF's new stormwater needs assessment uh, found an, uh, a national $8.5 billion annual funding gap for the stormwater sector. Uh, so the idea that that investment is needed is, is surely um, a big issue. Uh, Mark, thank you so much for your time and for the information. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Travis. Words on water.